News regarding inflation is far from appetizing for building fresh risk compositions this week. The hawkish central bank expectations will push yields higher across the board, and that is weighing on equity valuations. And even Elon Musk has not been capable of cheering up investors as Tesla shares fell something like 5% in the after hours trading following his most expected master plan 3. So, welcome. This is Swissco. Daily Market Talk. So Europe is not having a good week in terms of economic news. Today, investors will be mostly focused on the flash CPI estimate data for February from the Eurozone. But there is not much suspense left about the fact that that data will probably disappoint. As on Tuesday this week, the latest data showed that French inflation hit a record high. And the same data showed that Spanish inflation takes higher as well. And well, yes. Yesterday, it was unfortunately Germans' turn to announce the bad news. Inflation in Germany ticked higher to around 9.3% last month, and that was even after the country moved to limit household heating costs. So it's very, very likely that the Eurozone CPI due this morning is not going to hit the 8.2% mark expected by analysts. Is it because the euro depreciation in February? Well, it could be actually because energy prices remain quite soft and natural gas prices even fell in the month of February. So higher inflation in Europe, despite the soft energy prices, is obviously bad news. Good news is, or if we can call it good news, we already know what kind of bomb will fall in today when the Eurozone CPI data is released. And well, the pricing in the European markets already reflect at least a good part of a disappointment because the European Central Bank's peak rate is now seen hitting 4% into next year. And some European Central Bank members now back the idea of a more rapid reversal in the ECB's bond buying to tighten the financial conditions in the Eurozone faster. And obviously, Bundesbank Nagel is one of these people who are backing the tighter monetary policy conditions. He also thinks that the ECB should speed up the rate hikes and reach a peak rate around September. So, of course, all these hotter than expected inflation figures across the Eurozone pushes the European yields higher these days. The higher yields obviously support the recovery in the euro because the euro dollar spiked to 106.90 level yesterday after the German data release, while the European stocks were poised to open higher for a reason that I don't really know. But the German CPI figures combined with the disappointing PMI data across the Eurozone countries clearly flashed the bulls out of the market yesterday because German and French PMI data dipped into a deeper contraction zone. Only Italy and Spain revealed somehow good numbers above 50, but as a result, the stock 600 fell 0.74% at yesterday's trading session. Now again, today's inflation data from the Eurozone may not make things worse today, and we could even see some, you know, the buy the rumors, sell the fact type of action, type of 
price reaction where the yields could soften, the euro could give back some of the latest strength, and the European equities could actually rebound. But the medium-term outlook for the European yields remains tilted to the upside, and that should actually support the euro but not the stock valuations in Europe. Now, across the Atlantic Ocean, the news is not great either. The ISM Manufacturing Index in the US revealed yesterday a slower contraction in February, but that improvement compared to last month was less than what analysts expected and what they penciled in. So a slowing economic growth in the US is not bad news for the Federal Reserve, but the price pressure, the mounting price pressure clearly is. So what was really worrying in yesterday's ISM report was not that the activity remained softer than what analysts expected and that the jobs cooled last month, which is obviously good news for the Fed, and even dipped into the contraction territory. Well, what was really, really worrying investors was that, well, despite the cooling activity and despite the cooling jobs, well, the price pressures mounted and ISM manufacturing prices even jumped into the expansion territory, which is above 50. And that obviously combines with last month's higher than expected CPI data and just higher than before PCE data. Well, the names came to further fuel the Federal Reserve hawks, obviously. Now, Fed's Neil Kashkari, who was once one of the most dovish Federal Reserve members, remember, well, he actually said that he may back a 50 basis point hike at this month FOMC meeting, while Rafael Bostic said that the Federal Reserve should actually hike the interest rates to the 5 to 5.25 region and keep the rates there until next year. So no rate cut this year. And activity on Fed funds futures now gives more than 30% chance for a 50 basis point hike at the next FOMC meeting. And Fed swaps now price in a peak Federal Reserve rate of around 5.5%. And this number was around 4.90% only at the start of this year, mind you. So the US two-year yield continues its steady climb toward the 5% psychological mark. And we are now at around 492 percent level. The 10-year spiked above the 4% psychological level at yesterday's trading session. The S&P 500 tested the critical 200-day moving average level to the downside yesterday. And well, remember, there is major, major speculation about an aggressive sell-off below this 200-day moving average level for the S&P 500. And given the persistently positive pressure on the U.S. yields due to the persistently high inflation, while clearing the 200-day moving average support in the S&P 500 is not a matter of if, but probably a matter of when. It could be as soon as today. Now, don't be too scared, though, because the scary scenarios like an aggressive sell-off below the 200-day moving average don't necessarily materialize. We may actually not see a 50 billion US dollar worth of a sell-off in the S&P 500, as predicts JP Morgan, but we expect to see some sell-offs still simply because higher yields way on equity valuations. That's a mathematical thing. Now, the higher yields are, however, supportive of the US dollar, obviously. The US dollar index swings up and down these days, but above the minor 23.6% Fibonacci retracement level on the September to February retreat that we saw over the past couple of months. So if the US dollar's reaction to the hawkish Fed expectations is not more aggressive or seems 
kind of soft to you? Well, it is certainly because other major central banks out there are also gearing up their rate talk because the Bank of Japan's Ueda said last week, I think it was, that he would consider normalizing policy if inflation remained sticky in Japan and inflation remained sticky in Japan, while the Bank of England's Bailey warned that if they do too little with the interest rates now, well, they will obviously have to do more later on. That's a sure thing because the latest BRC report showed actually that the short prices in the United Kingdom indeed hit a record last month. But traders are not necessarily into keeping cable above the 120 level. The next natural target for the cable bear stands at 11920 mark. That's near the 200 day moving average. And if that level is cleared, well, it could pave the way for a further slice toward the 11650 and 170 region where we see a major Fibonacci support. In energy and commodity prices, well, US crude jumped yesterday and jumped more than 1% as the EIA data was much less scary than the API data released a day before that, while the API data hinted at around a 6 million barrel build in the US inventories last week, while the EIA data printed a 1.2 million barrel build only, but the 50-day moving average in the US grid is still not cleared to the upside. And even if it did, well, offers into the 100-day moving average, which now stands a touch below the $80 per barrel level, still look particularly strong. So as a result, the energy stocks were the worst performing stocks in the month of February. And that, despite their jaw dropping, their record record profits. Now, keeping in mind that there are worries that the Chinese reopening story may not be just enough to push these prices higher after all, because despite the great PMI figures from China, latest news still suggests that Western companies like Apple, for example, are racing to quit the country as tense geopolitical tensions, their close relationships with Russia and Xi Jinping's economic and political and geopolitical agenda don't really inspire confidence to investors. Now, another person who doesn't really inspire confidence to investors as he used to be is, well, Elon Musk, who revealed his third master plan yesterday at a Tesla event. And well, it was a flop because investors wanted more details regarding the next generation of electric cars and especially the cheaper models that could you know, accelerate the revolution, but they didn't get what they wanted, unfortunately. There has been a lot of details, however, about other projects that Tesla has and that including the New Mexico plant, a lithium refining plant, AI, Elon Musk's definition or plans about the AI and heat pumps. And I'm not going to talk about all that now, but none made the Tesla stock more appealing than before the master plan to investors. The share price actually plunged more than 5% in the after hours trading and well, obviously, the overall market environment and the overall risk appetite is not encouraging enough to save the day for Tesla, at least today. So this is all for today. I'm Ipek Özkardeşkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments. 
your reactions and your questions below as usual and follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow and until then, good day trading.